Turn with me to Mark chapter 11. Today's Palm Sunday. We recognize Palm Sunday as the day when Jesus made his final entrance into Jerusalem uh, to uh, proclaim himself to be king. And everybody, every, everybody recognized him as the, the king. They began, not everybody, but a lot of people, they began calling out Hosanna. It was a great day, a great procession of people going with him, waving palm branches. This was a parade, and everybody loves a parade. Parades are just exciting, right? Now, what makes a parade so exciting? Well, there's elements, different elements in a parade as the parade comes pro, uh, pro, processing. Is that the right, right word? Marching past. Uh, one of the things that makes a parade so special is the band. I mean, everybody loves a band at a parade. You get all those different people playing all those different instruments, and they're all in rhythm, and they're all in harmony, and they're playing some, some tune we recognize. It just is inspiring. We just love to hear a band at a parade. And then after the band, you got the sirens. Oh, the sirens have to blare. You get the sirens going, nobody sleeps through that. It wakes everybody up. Everybody gets excited because of the sirens. And then, you know, behind the sirens come the horses. What would a parade be in America if it wasn't for horses? It reminds us of the good old days, a simpler time. And we love to see those, those big horses pulling a wagon or somebody riding on them. And it's it just uh, thrilling to watch that. And then next in line are the wheelbarrows. <laughs> Wouldn't be a parade without wheelbarrows. You've got to have wheelbarrows. And we all know why you've got to have wheelbarrows in the parade. And then after the wheelbarrows come the politicians. <laughs> Vote for me. You've got to have politicians. And then after the politicians, more wheelbarrows. <laughs> Everybody loves the parade. Does anybody know who has won more Academy Awards than anyone else has the record? Probably Meryl Streep. Who? Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep? No. Mel Gibson. Who? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson? No. Walt Disney. Who? Who was that? Walt Disney. Walt Disney. He's got the record started out in his career designing a cartoon mouse known as Steamboat Willie, whose name was later changed to Mickey Mouse, correct. And that was such a hit, and everybody loved uh, an animal that they could identify with, Mickey Mouse. That was so successful, Walt Disney kept his pen going, and he kept coming up with more animated creatures, more animals that people could identify with. And because Walt Disney began making money at it, then these other companies began trying their hand at it. And we got Woody Woodpecker and the whole Hanna-Barbera system, uh, Yogi Bear, etc. It's There's something about our imagination. We like to see ourselves in these animals. Well, what if in the Bible story, 
we can identify ourselves with the animals in the story. There's, there's a part of the story that I want to read, and let's just let our imagination go a little bit and see, can you see yourself in this story? I'm going to start reading in Mark 11, verse 1. <clears throat> As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying the colt? They answered, as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. So the people are recognizing this Jesus coming along, riding on this young donkey as a representative of God. I don't know that they fully understood that he was God. I don't know that they fully understood what he was coming to do. But they certainly had an, an association and that got them excited. They were inspired and their, their praise inspired others. Made some folks mad. Just as your praise will make some folks mad but we have to do it. So I want to talk about that, that donkey, that stubborn donkey tied up. I got seven things to share, so I got to go fairly quickly to get through this. Number one, I want us to note that that young colt donkey was tied. What's another word for tied? Bound. That donkey didn't have freedom. That donkey was in bondage, was tied. The NIV says tied at a doorway. What's a doorway represent? Doorways, you, that's where you go in, that's where you come out, it's a transition point. And he's tied. He's at a transition point, but he can't move. He can't move forward, he can't move backward. I remember a time when I was like this stubborn donkey. I was tied. I wasn't advancing in life. I wasn't retreating in life. I was stuck in life. And maybe you're here today and you kind of feel like you're stuck and you'd like to move on, but you can't because something has tied you to the, your place. Sometimes pain is what ties us. 
It could be physical pain, but you know, sometimes emotional pain, psychological pain is even greater than physical pain. Because there's no pill you can take to make that go away. And sometimes pain holds us where we are. We don't want to be here, but our pain just is self-consuming, all-consuming. It's all we can think about. Our fears can also tie us to that stake, keep us from moving. I've been hurt in the past. I've had people let me down before. I'm afraid if I try again, the same thing will happen again. So our fears just hold us right where we are. We don't want to be there, but we're tied right there. We are in bondage to this. Maybe it's your insecurities. Insecurities can keep you where you are. You know, we always feel less confident than somebody else, more confident than others. So our insecurities, can't, I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't think I have enough gifting. I don't think I have enough support. I don't think I have enough this. I don't think I have enough that. Our insecurities, the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We're not talking about what you can do. We're talking about what God can do through us. But we're tied like the donkey. And so God can't do much when we're tied where we are. So that's the first thing I want us to see about the colt. Here's the second thing. The colt had never been used. Never been used. What's, what's the purpose of a donkey? To carry weight. Who would have a donkey if it just did nothing but eat? You know, you want some, some useful purpose out of a donkey. Never heard anybody eating a donkey. So it's not for food. You've got to have some purpose to have that donkey around. It's so it'll carry a weight. Whether it's you or a load, you use donkey to carry a weight. And here's a donkey who's never been ridden. He's never carried any weight. Never been used. Do you feel like God's ever used you? I need to feel like God's using me. It's a part of my purpose in life. I have to feel like God is speaking through me, acting through me, doing something through me. Do you feel like God is doing things through you? You have to feel that. We have to have a sense of purpose. The reason some people, unfortunately take their own life and end it prematurely is because they've lost all hope. They don't feel like there's any way their life can have any significance. There's no way there can ever be a breakthrough. They feel just tied right where they are, stuck where they are, no reason to live. I have to wake up in the morning with a reason to live, don't you? Yes. We have to have this. It's a I have to feel like I've got a purpose. I have to feel like my life is making some small contribution to making this world a better place. Don't you have to feel that? I mean, it's an inner, it's an inner thing on the inside. My purpose in life isn't just to get that next paycheck. It's not just to somehow have a comfortable retirement. I've got to have a deeper meaning in life than that 
deeper purpose in life than that. We all have this longing to be significant. And we've all experienced what it is to have this sense that we're not significant, that we are someone's insignificant other. We all have this longing to have a purpose to make a difference in life. So I'm, I'm trying to draw a picture of the colt because I see myself in that stubborn donkey. I see myself as uh, from the time when I was tied and I couldn't move and I couldn't progress and I, I couldn't do anything. I was right there and I had never been used. I had heard about God. I, heard of, I knew God used great people like Billy Graham. I knew that. But I never could associate that God might want to use somebody like me because I knew what I was really like. I knew my past. I knew my history. And I felt God can't use somebody like me. Maybe you're feeling that same way. But there's good news. Because the third thing I want us to see is the disciples were told to go release him. Go loose him. Go set him free. He told two disciples, gave him a project. You go and get the donkey. Their job was to release him and set him free from his bondage. And I kind of, again, I reflect and I see myself as the stubborn donkey and a couple Christians that came into my life to try to help me while I was still tied up. You've, you've, you've heard me talk about Steve Hauser, the man that I worked with who would constantly, day after day, try to plant seeds of faith in my life. Try to tell me how much God loved me. And I, I discovered that if I would swear at him, he'd shut up for a while. Don't pass that lesson on. But he would come back the next day, start all over again. He was a disciple sent to go set that stubborn donkey free. You are disciples whom the Lord is sending to go and set those stubborn donkeys free. Amen. Liberate them. Untie them. Lead them out of them. While they're still in bondage. Because a donkey doesn't know how to untie himself. The donkey's never been free. He doesn't know what to fight for. Those of us that have found freedom, who the sun sets free, is free indeed. We know what freedom is. That's why we work hard at liberating people who are still in the bondage to these other things. We are called to be good Samaritans, to get involved in someone's life, help them up out of their ditch, help them to be successful. Romans 8, verse 2 says, Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. He's drawing a parallel here to two laws. The first is the law of sin and death. The wages of sin is death. If you're going to do bad things, death is going to be the result. The law of sin and death. But he says, I've discovered that through Christ Jesus and what he did on the cross, the law of the Spirit 
who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The whole world is in the default position of sin and death. But Jesus came along to overwhelm that and pay the price for the sin that brings death so I don't inherit death anymore. I have life that comes through His Spirit. You see that transition? Thank God for His grace. So the Lord sent disciples to go get the colt. I'm thankful that disciples came and got me when I was still tied up and dragging my feet and trying to stay right where I was. They didn't give up on me. Now, I'm one of those disciples and I'm going out to release stubborn coals. And I can't do it alone. I need you to be a disciple who goes out to release stubborn coals. Here's number four. The Lord needs him. He needed that stubborn donkey. If anybody asks, Jesus said, if anybody asks, why are you taking that colt? You just tell him the Lord needs him. The Lord needs him. Why would Jesus, the Son of God, need anything? And if he needed one thing on his journey into Jerusalem to pay the price for our sin, if he needed one thing, it was a stubborn donkey. That's the one thing he needed. It's not logical, is it? But it's the way God thinks. And this story, I believe, is a parable. I mean, it's not a parable. It really did happen. But I think we need to read it through parabolic. Can I use that word? Parabolic glasses. We need to see. Because God, uh, I need to, I, as soon as I say this, I need to clarify. God doesn't use angels. Of course he uses angels. We know God uses angels. But my guess is there's not a one of us in this room came to Christ because an angel came and revealed it to us. No, it was because some person, some disciple came and told you the good news of Jesus Christ. We're the stubborn donkey that the Lord needs. He can't, he can't influence people's lives without us. Sure he could, and I know some people have dreams and revelation and, and encounters with God, but for the most part, all of us in this room responded to some Sunday school teacher, some evangelist, some preacher, some grandma, some friend who sat us down, told us the story in a way we could understand, and took the next step and led us in a prayer for we surrendered ourselves to God. The Lord needs people like us. He needs people with an anointing. Well, how do I get an anointing? This is how you get an anointing. You say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then when he shows you, you go do it. And as you're doing it, there's this something undescribable rises up in us and makes us successful. 
He gives us the words to say. He gives us ideas he drops in our mind. And as we're speaking, the truth comes out that breaks through hard shells and melts hearts. That's an anointing. It's not something you can pump up. It's not even something you can pray up. The anointing comes as we do his will, as we act it out. That's why, it's, that's why you can't write a book about it and everybody reads it and everybody gets it. It's something that's got to be experienced. God works through people with an anointing. Here's number five. The fifth parallel we learn from our story is that the old master fights for him. Just like you would if somebody got in your car and started it up and started driving out the driveway. I don't think you would just say, I wonder who that is. Not me. I'm going to go charging out there. Hey, that's my car. What do you think you're doing? Wouldn't you? I mean, you got a lot of money on the line with that thing. Somebody just drives off. Imagine yourself. This is the real world. Somebody who owns that donkey. He's probably dreaming about uh, how he can use that donkey someday and, and uh, uh, what advantage the donkey is to him. And then somebody he doesn't know from the man in the moon comes up on his property, unties his donkey, his future, and starts wandering off with it. I would object too. The old master's not going to let what he's, what he's got in his control go easy. He, Satan did not release me easily. I was dramatically changed. I was, I was one of those dramatic conversions when, uh, when those men laid hands on me and prayed for me to receive the Holy Spirit, everything turned upside down. My life dramatically changed. I sat in that chair and just shook and wept like a baby, and I'm not emotional. I didn't know what was happening to me. I knew something dramatic was happening to me. But when that was all over, I had to go back to work the next day with the same kind of people doing the same kind of things. It became routine. And that's when my battle began because I wanted that close, amazing experience back again. But around the people I was hanging out with, it just wasn't there. And I had to wrestle with that because Satan did not just want to let me go. He hung on to me through my friendships and through my addictions and through my habits and, and, and all those connections. He tried to pull me back in. Just like the master of the donkey said, hey, what do you think you're doing? Satan will fight for you. He will fight for me until I finally become victorious. And in my case, I have to still become victorious because, unfortunately, God left me in this flesh body. And this flesh body has appetites that are the opposite of what God wants. So I always have this struggle. Am I the only one that has these kind of struggles? I wish I just had mind for Christ and that's all I have, but I also have a human mind. So living down here on this planet is not easy. But the master doesn't let him go easily. He was tied at a doorway. King James Version says, a 
where two ways meet. We call that a crossroads, where two ways meet. It's where he was tied. Jesus said elsewhere, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. I'm so glad he set an open door for me. Listen, we still live in America where we have enough freedom that we still have an open door to tell people what we think. Right? I can still do that unless I don't think. I think I need to be a thinker and I need to express what I'm thinking. I need to let other people know what my thoughts are, especially if my thoughts are renewed in the Lord. And one of the best ways to get people to sit still and listen to what your spiritual thoughts are is to ask them what their spiritual thoughts are and then sit there with a smile while they tell you. Even though you think they're a nut. You used to be a nut. Listen to what they say. And if you listen with respect to their perspective, now you've earned the right for them to listen with respect to your perspective, and you get a chance to speak into their lives. It's those of us that won't listen to negative ideas that don't ever get a chance to speak our positive ideas. Satan plays for keeps. He does not give up what he lays claim to easily. It's got to be taken by force. And we're the disciples the Lord has sent to go set them free. So this is spiritual warfare. This is how we do ministry. Here's number six. Note that the colt received a covering. People began taking their cloaks off and laying them on the donkey. And then Jesus got on the covering. He got on the cloak and rode that donkey into town. He had to be covered. And I submit to you that if you want to be a disciple, the Lord uses, who was a stubborn donkey in this analogy, you got to get covered. There's got to be a covering. Remember way back in Genesis when, when Adam and Eve sinned, when they did that first sin, they recognized they were naked. And oh, there was a panic to cover up their nakedness. So they ran out and gathered up fig leaves and made aprons for themselves to cover their nakedness. God looked at it and shook his head. Not good enough. He went out and got animal hides, leather, that he gave to Adam and Eve to cover their nakedness. There's got to be a covering. Where did that animal hide come from? Came from an animal. What happened to the animal? The animal had to die. The innocent paying the price for the guilty. Do we see the Lamb of God here? He who was innocent shedding his blood for those of us that are guilty. That's the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ that I have a sin I can't pay for, but Jesus who had no sin came to pay for it. He's the only one who could pay for it. He's my Redeemer, my Savior, my new hope. You can't be used by God without a covering. 
You can cover up your sin, but you have to have the blood of Jesus covering that sin or God can't work with you. I want God to work with me, so I got to have my sin covered. And here's number seven, the last one. Note that the colt shares in the Lord's praise. So Jesus gets on the back of that stubborn donkey who's been liberated. And they begin leading the donkey down the streets into Jerusalem. And there are people in the front singing Hosanna, and there are people in the back singing Hosanna, and the big parade's going down the street, and I wonder what the donkey's thinking. Wow. I must be really important. I must be really significant. Look at all these people praising. This makes me feel so good. And if I'm not careful, I'll be the stubborn donkey. And when people see good things coming out of me because of the Spirit of God, I begin thinking, it's about me. I begin thinking everybody's saying these good things because it's about me. And pride puffs us up. And God can't work with that. Somebody needs to pop my bubble. And because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, he's, he can do an inside job popping my bubble, humbling me. I don't know about you, but I don't like to be humiliated. But God, every now and then, <laughs> will set me up for such an occasion just to make sure I know the praise isn't all about me. The praise is all about God and what he's accomplished and what he has done and what he is doing, what he's going to do. Amen. That's what the praise is all about. It's not about me. It's not about you. I remember clearly what everybody was saying about me when I was still tied at the doorway when I was still in my sin. And the only difference was Jesus came in. So what they're saying now compared to what they're saying then, it's all due to him. I remember when I was doing the best I could do, and I had a mess of things. God is so good. So good. Let's stand together. Jesus said, go get that donkey. Go get him. Why? Because I need him. That's called a calling. When God sends out for us because he needs us, that's a calling. And I think there's a lot of us in this room that God has called out, and we don't realize that God called us for a purpose. He didn't just give us a promise to go to heaven someday by and by when we die. He wants, he wants to do something significant on planet Earth, and he wants to work through people like us. That's a calling. Have you said yes to that calling? Because you have to. God can't use us if we haven't said yes. I mean, sooner or later, we've got to say, God... 
Yes, Lord, I will do what you want me to do. Show me what you want me to do. You direct my steps, and I'll be faithful. And if you say that to God, that's saying yes to the calling. And watch what God wants to set up in your life. It's exciting. As a matter of fact, I've heard a lot of your stories. I, I know that God is doing amazing things. Still is. And is about to do even more if we'll say, yes, Lord, I'll respond to the calling. Show me what you want me to do. And then watch and see the amazing thing God does. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the stubborn donkey story, the tale of the donkey. Help us, Father, to remember this story. Help us this next week, this holy week between Palm Sunday and Easter, help us to remember you've given us a mission. You've set us free for a purpose. You need us, and we need you. Help us to have that internal connection, Father, that is always reaching out and always connecting. We pray this in Jesus' glorious name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Don't forget, next week is Easter. We got one shot at this because people, did you know people are four times as likely to say okay at an invitation to church on Easter and Christmas four times as any other time. So maybe you've invited somebody and they've said, no, 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 I don't think so. Here's, a, here's another opportunity. Besides, things have happened in their life that changed some things. They're a little more ready now than they used to be. So we want to encourage you. And uh, uh, we've got, we printed up these business card size cards uh, that says you're invited to Easter at New Hope. Bright Christmassy, not Christmassy, Eastery <laughs> colors. Uh, so we've got them laying at the tables out there in the foyer. Feel free to grab a couple of them and pass them out to people because uh, they're not going to do, they're, they're tied at the doorway. They're not going to do anything without somebody giving them a little bit of a push. And maybe this will be a little bit of a push. And, uh, and as, you're, as you're going out, don't forget about the missionaries going to Brazil that have the, uh, the, the flowers. If you'd like to help somebody go, just talk to them, okay? Lord, dismiss us with your peace and blessing, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with God. He loves you.